Together we can mobilize a global mission force to finish the task. This is your tribe. Welcome uh, to our latest Leadership Tribe. Uh, today we have Teresa with us. Teresa Porter is uh, is a mobilizer. Uh, apparently, we we interview all different kinds of mobilizers around the world, but this one is especially special. Um, she's from the States. She served uh, with a, um, a team uh, with all excited uh, materials in their hands. And so why don't you tell us a bit more about yourself as a mobilizer and especially the things you're doing, Teresa? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I became a mobilizer before I knew what a mobilizer was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was in college and um, university and, you know, uh, was hearing about God's heart for the nations and this mm -hmm. grand story throughout all of the narrative of scripture and what God mm -hmm. was doing in the world. And that was, wow, what, who, how come I had never heard that before? And so I just started telling everyone that I knew mm -hmm. because I wanted everyone to know um, and trying to get everyone to be involved in God's mission, which later I learned, oh, that's a mobilizer. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, but the funny part of my story is this, that uh, I was one of those young people who were really passionate and mm. fiery. And so uh, I was telling all my friends what they should do and not really uh, <laughs> with as much grace and humility as you should. And, and so my friends mm. didn't really want to hear about it. And so, mm. but I was a, a Sunday school teacher. Mm. And so I had a classroom through, full of four and five-year-olds who had to listen to what oh. I told because they're kids, you know, and I'm the teacher. And so I started teaching them about missions just because I really wanted to share what I was mm. learning and then began to see it transform the lives of these kids. Um, and that's how I ended up becoming mm. this really unique mobilizer who focused on mobilizing children to be oh. a part of that story now. Um, mm. and, and that grew into even a bigger thing of mobilizing whole families and equipping yeah. to do that um, in their home. And so uh, it'll be 15, 15 years that I've been on this journey, um, mobilizing mm. all over the world. Um, and I feel like I'm learning new things every day. So, mm. <laughs> I remember, yeah, I remember the first time we, we met, it was uh, like in Dubai, right? It was, yeah, it was, living overseas. Yeah, the, the, the GMC, uh, Global uh, Mobilization Consultation, uh, yeah. which took place in Dubai. That was a number of years ago. But at that time, I think I, I, was, I was wondering why we have a mobilization team in, in the Middle East. And, and you <laughs> yeah. guys like serving there and with different yeah. capacities, not just for for some well-known like courses like perspectives, but you're doing mm -hmm. for kids. <laughs> yeah. And so, so tell, tell us a bit more about your, your journey, uh, you know, especially serving overseas. Why overseas? Because, you know, since you're so-called a Sunday school teacher, well, just for one church is busy enough. Um, yeah, yeah. So what, what is the idea or even bring these, uh, uh, you know, different materials and, and, 
and concepts of mobilization for uh, for children uh, that which should be took place everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, the truth, Ray, is I moved to the Middle East because I needed to shorten my commute to work. Um, I was traveling to Africa and Asia and all throughout that region um, almost every month, every other <laughs> month, which from the U.S. is a really far distance. Mm. And being um, where we were in the Middle East put us in the center of that area of the world, which at the time, you know, I had tried to mobilize families in the U.S. for a long time and, you know, mm. saw some freedom that, but it was real slow um, getting families to catch that vision. Um, but at the very first GMC in Indonesia, very long mm. time ago, um, I met with uh, a fellow mobilizer from Ethiopia and he was like, I want you to come and mobilize parents in Ethiopia, which we'd never done anything like that up to that point. Mm. And we went and it was, it was fire, you know, 50% mm. of the population in the continent of Africa is under the age of 15. Um, so mm. the church is thinking about the next generation and mm. these young people. And so it just started growing everywhere. And we were in Sri Lanka and in China and all over um, that mm. part of the world. And so Dubai, where I was, was, you know, put me in a place where I could work with all these different churches in these different regions, <laughs> but also that city is so strategic because there's people from all over the world coming and going, coming and going, coming and going. Um, and so it was an incredible place to do mobilization and to help people hmm. catch the vision. And most of them moved home within two or three years back to their home country. And hmm. they would take that vision with them back to their church. And so um, it was an incredible opportunity and honor to, to be a part of what God was doing in that city in that time. Oh, that's really interesting. Uh, you know, yeah. it's it's because of you want to shorten your commute <laughs> to, <laughs> to, to move to the other side of the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so for for some of these folks uh, who are maybe uh, you know watching this or or listening to us, uh, maybe you can uh, let us know. Uh, what uh, so-called the, the the We Family the ministry is called, uh, mm -hmm. uh, and also the some of the projects you have been working on uh, through the years. Uh, mm -hmm. Just give us a glimpse and how how they have been uh, turned out for you. Yeah, so Weave is a ministry of the CMM, the Center for Mission Mobilization, and um, Weave's desire is to help everyday parents, the, the parents mm. that are in any church on any given Friday or Sunday, depending on what day church meets and what country you're in, mm -hmm. just understand the, the grand narrative of God redeeming the nations, um, mm. which began with a family. Um, God mm. made that, that promise that I will bless you and you'll be a blessing to the nations. He made it to Abraham. Mm and then to his son Isaac, and then to his son Jacob. It was a multi-generational promise. And so we believe that families are a vital part of seeing the task completed. Mm. And so um, over the years, uh, we've developed different tools and resources that really equip parents by one, just helping them understand missions and the unreached. So kind of your basic mission education course um, mm. that's 
speaks to a different audience, you know, a lot of stay at home moms or moms of young children, they're not going to be able to come to maybe a 15 week or, you know, 10 week course on them, you know, in the night, but we've provided tools that really speak to the season of life that they're in. Um, And, um, and just help them then also think through how do I infuse that into the discipleship of my children in their home Um, and helping their kids one think about the future like what is my part in God's story as I grow up into adulthood Mm. but also like what is my part right now how has God uniquely blessed our family unit mom dad kids total to be a blessing from our home to the nations um, mm. and to, to think of that twofold reality of, of the home. And so, um, for a long time, our, our primary resource, which, um, we, you have exposure to is our big story training. Mm-hmm. We did, we've done in 15 countries, mm. just a two day training that kind of walks through the, the biblical basis of mission and who the unreached are and, um, why a family, why families are strategic mm. and yeah. Um, and it's grown and it's born, it's just uh, born a lot of fruit, um, but we couldn't get it where it needed to go fast enough. And so we were like, what if we took all the things we teach in this training and made it accessible so that anyone in the world could download it and have access to it? And they could mm. do it with their spouse, with their community group at church, with some friends. Um, and that's when we just this year came out with this new resource, Parenting mm. with a Global Vision which is a six-week study that walks parents through just the story of God and what uh, their family, how their family fits into that and how to disciple Mm. their children and that reality. And then we've also created Mm. also available for everyone anywhere on our website, um, these books, One Big Mm. Vision, One Big Story, and One Big Adventure. And um, they are family discipleship tools that, you can use mm. in the home um, that are simple and they focus on God's word, his world, and his work. And mm. you that into those everyday moments that you share yeah. with your kids at home. Well, one of these things uh, but I, which was fascinating to me is the, the concept of not just coaching the, uh, the Sunday school teachers, mm-hmm. but raising the awareness of of missions of you know especially for the parents yeah so because when when you talk about where you started you you are a a sunday school teacher that's that's where uh the journey of my wife as a mobilizer started as well Uh, she uh she feels like oh my husband is a mobilizer so what is my role uh, in 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 this big picture, and so she was you know, doing housewife things, you know, cleaning house and and singing and praying. And God gave her some kind of a Kairos moment and saying that you can actually make a difference just within your family. Uh, you know, we are we're we're promoting global paradises. We're promoting all these different materials and showing podcast videos. We are doing this, doing that. But why don't we just start from our our home uh, and our own uh, Sunday schools? So mm-hmm. so how how does that come to uh, a concept as a holistic mobilization effort? 
Yeah, I mean, Sunday school um, is the place where we naturally think of children. Um, mm-hmm. And and it's great. It's, it, we should infuse missions into our Sunday school just like we should mm-hmm. infuse it into the adult service or mm-hmm. uh, with college students or any um, demographic section of the church. Um, but the reality is we have, you know, a child has 168 hours in its week. So, so do you and I, although we try to pretend like we have more sometimes. Hmm. And, uh, and if say, you know, an average child probably sleeps about eight hours a night, that's, they have 112 hours in a week when they're awake. Well, how many of those hours are spent in Sunday school? Maybe two, one, three. two, three, if you're in a country where you do a lot of church things. Hmm. Um, so where are the other 98, 99 hours spent? Hmm. Well, at school and at home, most of their hours are at home. And so mm. um, the church, what the church is doing in a, in a Sunday school should be supporting what yeah. is being happening in the home and not um, trying to substitute what mm. it's doing in the home. And I think a lot of times um, we kind of take the jurisdiction of discipling our kids and we put that on the church um, and say, okay, you disciple my kids. Let me drop them off. You teach them. Um, but that's not what we see in scripture. The discipleship of children is meant to be in the home. And mm. we see that in Deuteronomy 6, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Yeah. And press these things on your children. Talk about it when mm. you get up, when you lie down, when you walk along the road. Um, mm. And even with Abraham in Genesis 18, God says, this promise that I've given Abraham, the, you know, mm. that all the nations would be blessed. In order for that to happen, he says, teach these things to your children in your household so that Mm. this promise might be fulfilled to you. Mm. And so like Abraham's job and this great mission of God that is extended Mm. through all these eras of history was to Mm. pass it on to his kids. Mm. Um, And we see that in, in Psalm 78 too, that one generation tells the next generation Mm. about the works of the Lord. And so I think that's um, what we was trying to do is help say, how do we bring back to parents their this spiritual responsibility of discipling their kids but also expand their vision to think through how their family can be a part of god's mission yeah and not yeah. just you know learning about it on a sunday in a sunday school but actually active being active participants throughout the week mm. yeah just following that question uh the the the, uh, the obvious challenge for that is well you need to have you know, parents with a global vision. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so for for us as as mobilizers and, and mission educators, well, if you can use that term, mm-hmm. um, sometimes we just realize, and you know, many people, especially within the church, they we all know we're aware of the Great Commission, mm-hmm. but not everyone is missional. You know, it, because because uh, sometimes so-called the churchgoers are just um, culturally nominal or whatever. This is a mm-hmm. it, it's a it's a something we should do. Not being missional is it's something uh, that really requires commitment and and other things. And how the, so so I find it sometimes it's hard uh, to just challenge. Uh, the uh, the parents to be more missional, uh, even they are Christians, 
uh, and and yeah, using the materials is one thing, but you know, working alongside within is another. Um, so how do you find it challenging? Because I'm just sharing from my personal experience. Yeah, I mean, I think as mobilizers of families, we face the same challenges of, as any other mobilizer. People are distracted by many things. Um, they're busy um, and it's, you know, it can be a challenge to get someone to embrace this new way of thinking and behaving in their life, which is why mobilizing kids is so strategic because if we can build that into them from the very beginning, we're praying for the unreached and supporting goers going to the unreached and, you know, living that kind of life is just what they've always done. That's what they grew up doing. You know, how is that going to change mobilization in the future? You know, mm. as these kids become adults. Um, and so, yeah, it's a challenge, but I think, you know, for us, it's um, coming back to the real basics of um, just this vision, like expanding their vision of these everyday mm. moments and putting meaning and purpose into that and not trying to like, we're not trying to add more to their schedule and mm. give them more activity. It's how do we bring purpose into the activities you're already doing um, mm. and think about how your family is a part, you know, um, mm. of, of what's happening, you know, how will they hear unless someone is, you know, goes to them and tells them, right. We believe that, but how will they go unless they're sent, you know, for every worker we send out among the unreached, you know, we, we need lots of people behind them who are praying and financially supporting them and caring for them. And it's often the families in the church who take on that role. Um, and, mm play a big part in that and so I think that's the thing I think the church can do the best at is mm -hmm. how to come alongside families and support them because our parents they need help they need someone to teach them how to disciple their kids and help them grow in biblical knowledge and wisdom and um, help them navigate the mm -hmm. different ages as your kids grow right parenting mm -hmm. changes <laughs> yeah. parenting two year old looks very different than parenting a 12 year old and yeah. so helping, you know, that's part of the role of the church we see in Ephesians is equipping the saints um, and equipping parents to live that out um, and providing opportunities for families to serve together. Mm. Um, yeah. But and just like helping parents see like, how do we shape the way our kids see the Bible, that God is the main character? Mm. Um, and that he's always at work blessing his purpose, his people for the purpose of making himself known. And it's been so cool how many times, Ray, we've been in a training or teaching somewhere and we're, we're talking about this idea of, of how we are helping our kids mm. understand God. And so many times a parent has been like, wait, but like, I also have a part in God's story, not just my kids. Yeah. Like, me too, you know, and, and like they have that epiphany moment, that paradigm shifting moment. Um, and I think it just connects with their heart in a different way. Yeah, um, yeah. So so it's it's a bit like uh, you're actually taking in on a journey, just like, you know, the kids, because mm -hmm. the, the material is not just for, for the little ones, but also for them as a discipleship uh, tool yeah. as well. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Just following that, uh, you know, uh, hearing from you, you have been uh, traveling a lot and, and 
maybe coaching in in different contexts. How how do you feel um, about you know working with others in other contexts, especially oh, you know all these Mobi Index countries that um, you, um, uh, you you mentioned about Africa and others, uh, but can you tell us uh, a, a few stories that that really that um, impress you with uh, the, the enthusiasm and uh, and the desire to uh, to learn and to uh, encourage their own uh, church uh, in in their context? Yeah, I mean collaboration is vital. Um, I think specifically for us, like I can get on a plane and I can go just about anywhere. Um, and I can teach and I can train, but the culture of family, you know, the culture of family in Taiwan is very different than the culture of family in Ethiopia or in India. And who's going to know that culture better, you or me? I don't live in that culture, you know? Um, and so when we get to collaborate with mobilizers in these other countries, it's such a great opportunity for us to learn. Mm. Um, together and I think they learn from us and we learn from them and I think you know that's that iron sharpening iron we read about in scripture and I think we grow together and we just get that opportunity um, to see God at work and what we both bring to the table you know yeah. and to take both of that you know and and use it together and use it um, and just to like continue to support and, you know, many of the people that I've gone and trained with or have invited me to their country have become like family, you know, they're mm. they become close to me as we serve together and learn from one another. And um, yeah, it's just, I think it's an, a joy and an honor to, to serve together and to mm. be able to share in those experiences you know, um, and to see mm. what God is going to do, you know, and then to, to pass it off to, and trust it to them, mm. um, for them to, to run with it and use it and make it their own. Um, you know, like I talked about the big story training earlier, we've been doing that since mm. 2014. So we've done, I think 51 big story trainings since then. And, mm. um, at, at this point, there's a woman in Ethiopia who's done more trainings than even I have, and I'm the one who helped write the thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so just they've been able to take it and use it and do things with it um, mm. that are unique. But also for us in developing our tools and resources as our partners do, I mean, this book mm. right here, I mean, we had we did a pilot test with this book when we got the input of our some national mobilizers. I mean, there's probably 15, 16 different people from 15, 16 different countries who have spoken into this resource mm. and who have helped shape it and um, made it what it is. And that's beautiful because now it's not just this resource that a few Americans made. You know, mm. we did a lot of the, the work on it, but it's got the voice of people from Africa and Asia and Latin America that have been mm. infused into it. And to me, that makes it such a better resource. Yeah. I think the, the very first time I heard about this concept as a frontier mobilizers is from is from CMM and yeah. uh, you guys have you know sent out mobilizers to different contexts uh, in, in, in really move there uh, as missionaries but you know mm -hmm. 
why you call it, you know, frontier mobilizers. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so you you live in the Middle East for for some period of time. Now you're back mm -hmm. to the states, but uh, there are still a lot of people are there still there in so called the field. Um, mm -hmm. But the uh, I I think the idea is to mobilize the field become uh, you know, the mission mission field become the mission harvest. Uh, so, so what is your personal take on that? The mission field becoming the, the mission harvest mission force? Yeah, and also, also frontier mobilizes the concept. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, um, I mean, I really feel like the last 10 years that I've been living in that, like, we just see the fruit of it, you know, mm. and I think the church throughout Africa and Asia and Latin America and um, even Europe, you know, parts of Eastern Europe are, I mean, so much to bring to the table, this wisdom and knowledge and experience. Um, I know that I've grown from and benefited from and just that for a lot of them, that cultural proximity, even if it's not geographic proximity, you know, um, but just, I mean, I, was a, a white American woman living in the Middle East for several years. <laughs> um, I was, I did not fit in very well, you know. Um, you know, I, my culture is very different um, than the local Arab people that are mm. there. But I grew up in Southern California, and so um, I have many friends who live there who are from Central and. Uh, Central America from Mexico that have come up, you know, through California. Mm. And so I grew up kind of surrounded by more um, South American, Latin American culture. So it's it's familiar to me. Mm. And it, it actually reminds me so much of Arab culture. Like every time I was around Arab culture and living in the Middle East, I was like, wow, this is like, there's a lot of similarities with my Latin American friends back home. Mm, really? You know? wow. And and so to me, that's so strategic, mm. you know, it's so, it's such a, uh, it's not impossible, but it's a, mm. it's a big thing to overcome and to mm. learn that culture. And so, but then, you know, also the church is just growing. We know that, right? Like mm. the number of believers in the world don't look like me. Most of them look more mm. like you yeah. and like my friends in, in Africa and Latin America. And so um, we, yeah. we want to see you step into all that God has planned in this era of history. Yeah. And we just want to be a part of it. Like God's going to do it. Like that's what his Holy Spirit does. He's the mm -hmm. one working you. He's raising up his church throughout all that area of the world. Mm -hmm. And we're like, we just want to be right where God is working. We want to step into the flow. Yeah. And yeah. Just link arms and say, hey, we want to be in it with you. What can we do? Mm. Whether that's providing you with a resource or praying for you or coaching or doing it alongside of you, whatever that looks like, mm. you know, at least that's my yeah. heart, you know? Um, yeah. Just lately, uh, I listened to uh, one of the great talks from, um, from our good friend, uh, Dr. Todd Johnson, uh, uh, on this very mm -hmm. subject of a shift of gravity of Christianity. Um, yeah. So uh, it, it was, it was, it was, a, it was apparent to many of us that, um, Nowadays, uh, you know, Christianity uh, and especially the emerging churches are coming from the Latin America and Asia and in Africa. Mm -hmm. But but uh, 
we, we still need to uh, have a lot to need to pick up. I, I think it's not just about the numbers, but the, the, yeah. the, the zeal, the desire to yeah. become more missional and also uh, to, to be involved with uh, global um, world evangelism. And so mm -hmm. uh, when I look at the map behind you, uh, that's all these pins that you <laughs> now where you have been to. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of places. <laughs> Me, myself, as somebody uh, that have traveled also a, a, a lot, uh, you know, because I was serving um, one of the ON shifts uh, in early stage of my, uh, my, mm -hmm. uh, my ministry. Uh, so I also got a chance to see God's world. So, so, the, so the pattern is, you know, the, the more you see, the more you know is that, well, there, there are so much needs to be done. And we mm -hmm. need to really need to work together, actually. Uh, yeah, there's it's such a big task is almost impossible to um, to work by just one organization or even just one um, so-called mm -hmm. the alliance yeah, yeah. We, we need everybody so a global mobilization network is probably one of these visions that um, you know the the founders of these uh, visionaries uh, so how do you see a global mobilization can can actually provide or you expect that global mobilization network can actually become a network that uh, to share resources and all of that i've yeah, been involved with some of the consultations uh, mm -hmm. does that bring any uh, sense to you yeah i mean i loved i wasn't it uh, i think it was gmc kenya i think was mm -hmm. the first time we introduced the idea of this is my tribe yeah and um i really loved that theme because I think that's what's really true. I've been to all the GMCs um, and that's the sense I get every time is it's 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 kind of like a family reunion, you know, you get <laughs> to see, oh, I'm getting to see everyone again. And um, what I love when you're at a GMC event is the sense of just collaboration happening everywhere. Like when mm. you go to a meal or a tea break, you just see the conversations and the ideas and the sharing that's happening. Um, and I think that's the power of what the GMN can do outside of just a, one event, right? Like it's great mm. if you can get to GMC and you can be a part of that. Um, but what happens the other, you know, two, three years in between each event? Mm. Um, and I think that's to me what the benefit of the GMN is, is creating that collaboration and that ongoing sense of community because it is too big there's not anyone mm. who can make one resource or one tool or one organization that could take it all on we need everyone including families and children mm. um, yeah to be a part of it you know um it's going to take the whole church using our time and our talents and our treasures you know to complete the task and so mm. i think a lot of times being a mobilizer can feel easy to get discouraged I think or <laughs> to feel isolated especially if you're living in a city or a region where there's not a lot of mission vision and you feel like you're pioneering something mm. and you know that's true for I think a lot of the mobilizers who are part of the GMN they're mm. not really in places where there's a lot going on and yeah and so there's an encouragement I think that comes from us being in it together mm. Yeah, uh, just one last question. Uh, maybe it's not a question, just an observation that um, 
I think the pan pandemic uh, globally for the last two years have shaped a lot of uh, our, mm -hmm. our ministry landscape and the way we do things and work yeah. together or lack of. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, you know, we're supposed to have an, another GMC this year, but apparently it's not going to be happening. Um, a lot of tr travel ex uh, limitations and... Mm -hmm. And, and also, you know, the borders are closed and some countries are even under, still today, under severe, severe, uh, you know, situation. So how, how do you see that has shaped our, our effort as mobilizers? Uh, did you get more opportunities online and or, or how, how does that work for you? Yeah, I mean, uh, we shifted online pretty quick. Um, it was hard to imagine moving from doing, you know, trainings and meetings in person to doing them online, mm. but I think it created some really unique experiences. I mean, we've had four or five virtual Big Story trainings in the last year and a half, and in them, we've had anywhere from like three to 10 different countries represented, mm -hmm. um, where normally I would just go and like just do one in you know, mm. Egypt and only have Egyptians or just do one in Ethiopia and only have Ethiopians. Mm. But this opportunity to bring people from all these different countries together and then mm. to share their experiences together, uh, I think it just really enriched the learning environment and just mm. really changed kind of the perspective on some things because you would get to hear a different voice with a different view and, um, and so, although it's been hard to not be together in person and to not be able to, to see each other face to face without a screen between mm. us, I think, I mean, God's not thwarted. Like, he's not surprised. Mm. He didn't, he wasn't like, oh, a global pandemic, that's not what was on my calendar. Um, you know, he knew, <laughs> he knew well in advance what was going to happen. And I think yeah. there's always a purpose in that, you know, and I think he's, use it to do yeah. new things and cause us to think differently about the way we do things too, so. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, today we have Carissa Fodder, uh, the director of the We Family Ministry and who are from the States and also uh, serving alongside with uh, global mobilizers everywhere, uh, you know, focusing on, on children, uh, mobilization and also parents as well. The latest uh, project is called uh, Parenting with a Global Vision. Can you show us the book again? Yes. <laughs> Here we go. It's thank free you very much. Go get your copy. Yeah, thank you very much. And, and, and I think the, there will be more uh, uh, languages and translations available because we're like yes. me, myself, and, and the team are, are, being, are, are working on the, uh, the Chinese translation, and there will be more. Uh, available online uh, for for many yeah. more. Excited! Mm -hmm. uh, thank yeah, you very much for your time. Me. Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, just uh, one one last word uh, to encourage uh, mobilizers around the world from you. Yeah. Oh, wow. One last word. That's a lot of pressure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can make it longer. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, I just uh think smaller you know you're think about the little ones in your midst um in your cities and your churches the next generation of of people mm. when you think about the harvest being plentiful but the workers being few 
some of those workers are small. Mm. Um, they're, they're, they're young children in the homes of the people you're working with. And so mm. start to ask God, what does that mean to include them in my mobilization vision? Thank you. Thank you, Carissa. Thank you for your yeah. time. This is your tribe and this is my tribe and we, we welcome you next time. Bye. Mm -hmm.